Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A warm welcome to a landmark episode. We are on episode 30 of Powered4.tv Big Fight Weekly. We take you around the world of combat sports with all the latest news, previews, reviews of fights. And Chris, how are you doing today, my friend, my co-host, Chris You Not bad, you mate. You know, just having a few beers and enjoying being a part of our milestone episode of 30. Absolutely. We've got a lot to get through this week. We've got UFC 266, which is a huge card, Chris. I know you're excited to cover that today. We've also got Ju- Joshua Usyk on the answer. Joshua, Joshua and Usyk this, this Saturday evening on Sky Sports, the last matchroom show on the Sky Sports contract. What a huge night that's going to be. But we will take it to UFC fight night first. And it was Anthony Smith. Back in action against Ryan Spann, a big light heavyweight bout, which ended with an emphatic submission in the first round from Anthony Smith. It's what you predicted, Chris, as well. You said it'd go like that. You know what? I, I, I saw it like a mile off. Uh, Spann's always, uh, you know, always been good with his, his striking and his power. Um, I found in this fight, though, um, when Spann hit um, Smith with, with, with his striking, Smith didn't struggle with it whatsoever. Um, I've, I don't know if you've seen the fight itself. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I, I felt like Smith took the power punches from Spam, and um, when he hit him with a left hook, or he, he hit him with an overhanded left, because obviously we know that you know Smith hits with the left hand better than the right. He, he Spam struggled with that. He didn't like. He didn't like the power of uh, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is you know he's got better with his striking, a lot better with his striking. Um, really impressed with Anthony Smith. You know the last couple of fights he's shown his striking has evolved. Mm-hmm. And it's a good it's a good side because we all we all know that Anthony Smith is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's very good on the ground. 
which you know we did we did see this in this fight later on, you know, in the first round. I predicted a second round submission, so I was a round off. But um, I, I just thought he came in straight away, went went for it, knew exactly what he wanted to do. I think Spam was a bit. Um, well, I think he struggled with the pressure with uh, Smith because Smith was coming straight forward at him, and he was hitting him with those left hooks. Um, you know, they knew it. You know what I mean? They did wild overhand rights at each other. There was calf kicks as well from Smith, which is good to see. Which again, though, I'm always cautious with those because we've seen enough leg breaks with calf kicks recently, and um, you do worry about those kicks as much as they are effective. And, you know, they do cause damage. They can also, you know, the repercussion backwards to the fight of throwing them, as you've seen in the last, what, six months. You know I mean? They can cause a leg break or two. Um, but I just thought Smith was really, really good. He was on it from the start. You know, he wanted to finish. He wanted to make a statement. He definitely made a statement in this fight. You know, uh, like I said, he, he wobbled and dropped uh, Span, you know, in the space of, what, two minutes of the fight starting? Um, Span didn't know what to do. I think Span struggled, you know, a lot in that first round. I, don't, I think his head obviously was all over the place being dropped, but I think he just was struggling then with, well, I didn't realise Smith had this much power because obviously, you know, Smith's good at striking per se, but he's gotten better. He's evolved. But, you know, he tried to set up that relay kid, tried to get into an armbar, didn't he? Uh, Span got out of it. Then he caught Span again and dropped him. Obviously, and I liked how Smith was doing. He wasn't jumping into a... Um, like a, a submission where he, he took the back eventually late in the first round, but he was trying to find his spot. He got his spot, got his rear naked choke, you know, and a fantastic win for Anthony Smith. Um, but the only issue is a light heavyweight division. There's technically only two fighters above him now that haven't got a dance partner, which is um, Rakic and Projekka. I think I say his name right. Yeah, Projekka. Um, but I think Project is uh, going to be a stand-in for the uh, Glover Teixeira and Jan Bohovic fight. So, obviously, he might get that. Or does Rakic? Rakic just looked good. You know, Rakic had a good win, a solid win in this last bout. Um, so, you I, know, I mean, things that... say, I would say feasibly, you know, you're looking at a Reyes or a Rakic. I don't think, I don't think he should be looking past or higher than that at the moment. But as you say, it's, it's if they're not already in fights... It's it's matchmaking and giving him enough time and, and the other fighter enough time, isn't it? I, uh, I don't I don't think Dominic Ray is though, Stuart. He's lost three on the bounce, my friend. He's still he's still ranked higher than than him though, isn't yeah. he? I know I know Anthony Smith has got the momentum now because that's mm-hmm. two wins two wins on the bounce now. He's back from because he had a bit of a skid. Uh, he did. Yeah, I suppose he calls the he calls the shots then. You know, in, in that in that sense with, with Reyes. Well, which fight would you prefer out the the two that are remaining free at the moment that are above him? It's Rakic, who fought Tiago Santos, didn't he? And, uh, you know, easily sounded out Tiago uh, Santos. Santos hasn't looked that great since fighting John Jones, but then Anthony Smith didn't look that good. Uh, Dominic Reyes hasn't looked that good after facing John Jones. Must be some sort of curse. You've got to put that by the by. As soon as you say John Jones... I mean, they've all got in there with him. You know, John mm-hmm. Jones is John Jones is John Jones, isn't he? It's just as you said, you know, he's Hall of Fame. He's definitely going to yeah. be in the Hall of Fame. He's one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But yeah, what 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 about Rakic? Like maybe you know, if you're thinking Reyes has had too many losses, it, it, I would say Rakic, which would be a good I, good test for both fighters. I, yeah, I, I think so, one hundred percent. If I'm honest. Uh, 
uh, Yuri Petraka would be a really tough fight for him. You know, I think Yuri's looked really good and phenomenal in the, in the two fights he's had in UFC and devastating. And he showed, you know, a different uh, sort of array of striking and mm-hmm. set skills. He also can fight on the ground as well, which Anthony Smith is mm-hmm. very good at himself. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen Rakic on the ground. We've seen Rakic no. striking and, and, and it's really, really good. So, yeah, maybe one of them two could be next for Anthony Absolutely. Smith. Absolutely. So, yeah, I knew, I knew Chris would encompass that well. What's next for Anthony Smith going forward? Two wins on the bounce now, Chris. After he'd had a bit of a tough time, hadn't he, you know, prior to that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's time to get on to UFC 266. The no, huge card headlined by Volkanovski and Ortega at featherweight. And we've got some footage from Dan Hardy's breakdown show. So, yeah, this footage is courtesy of Dan Hardy and the BT Sport team for the breakdown show. If you want to fire at the VT firstly, Chris, for the viewers 100%. to watch. We'll do. See what this is where MMA math comes into play, and this is where the conversations I've had, people have said, well, you know, uh, uh, Volkanovski's beat Max Holloway, and Max Holloway was able to beat uh, Brian Ortega, so therefore it, it doesn't necessarily work like that. I understand it because, you know, Max Holloway beat uh, Ortega with pace. Volkanovski beat Max Holloway with pace. So, you know, you kind of think, well, Volkanovski's going to come in and he's going to outpace Brian Ortega. It's not as simple as that, of course, but that is the, that is the main asset that uh, Volkanovski brings to the table. He's, he's, a, he's erratic, he's conditioned. You know, he used to be a much bigger individual, over 200 pounds, and he's, he's brought his weight down to, you know, to suit his, his frame. And he's a, he's a scary individual. He's strong, he's powerful. Brian Ortega's very slick. That's, that's, the, that's the thing that comes to mind when I think of Brian Ortega. Like, that's the danger for Volkanovski, that's what he's got to watch out for is that slickness of Brian Ortega because there are lots of different ways it can be the undoing of, of Volkanovski. If he's not careful, Brian Ortega will find ways to unpick his game. Now, as far as records go, Volkanovski's got slightly more uh, experience. It's 22 and one for Volkanovski, 15 and one for uh, Brian Ortega with one no contest. The one loss on Volkanovski's record was a long time ago, I believe it was a welterweight as well. So, you know, he's been on such a win streak recently, we can kind of write that off. The loss on Brian Ortega's record, of course, was his title attempt against Max Holloway. No shame in that loss, and so much has been gained from it, in my opinion, as we saw in the zombie fight, which I will talk about in a moment. But if we first focus on Volkanovski, if you, if you, if you try and... If you try and imagine what the essence of this individual is as a fighter, it is that he is going to cook you until you give up. He's, uh, he's going to put a pace on you. He's going to beat you up. He's going to attack every target on the body. Whichever one becomes vulnerable, he's going to keep taking bites out of it. Well, Stuart, um, Dan Hardy, I'm going to say this now, is one of the best analysts on the planet when it comes to uh, mixed martial arts. So, it's good to see, um, you know, what, what he says and what he thinks about the fight. Uh, I wouldn't say Volkanovski's erratic. Um, I think uh, Volkanovski's quite measured. Um, Volkanovski's um, fast as well. Like we've spoke about this off camera um, in, a, in his last fight against Max Holloway. You know, he turned it up a gear after getting dropped a couple of times from Max Holloway and was, you know, quicker to the punch than Max Holloway, which is outstanding to put considering the output Max Holloway gave Calvin Cater. You know. Was it beginning of the year? Um, and he outpunched Max Holloway in their second fight. Um, which, is say no the... mean, which is no mean feat because Hol- Holloway's striking was as good as anyone's oh, across the across the promotion, wasn't it? One hundred percent. 
Um, and, and as you say, sorry, I cut him, but no, you know, that he made him look ordinary, didn't he? He did make Holloway look ordinary in that fight. I, I felt, I don't know how you felt. No, no, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, when you're fighting Max Holloway, and we spoke about this off camera, you're fighting fight with fire, aren't you? Really, because Max Holloway is fantastic on the feet, he's not bad on the ground, all but also, you know, but it, his striking has gone up another level. He hasn't fought Max Holloway since that, and Max Holloway looked fantastic against Calvin Cater. But you're, face, you're facing someone like Ortega, who's, as he said, he is slick, but he's slick on his, uh, his BJJ, and he's slick with those uppercuts, is uh, Ortega, which you saw against Frankie Edgar when he caught him uh, with that fantastic uppercut on you know on his way to fighting Max Holloway. Um, he was very good against uh, Korean Zombie. Uh, Korean Zombie, I think, he took a couple of elbows in, 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 I think, the first or second round and sort of gave up. Uh, Ortega sort of ran with the fight then. Um, Volkanovski's not going to do that. I'm not being funny, but Volkanovski is, is too smart. He's too technical. He's going to chop up those legs. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be an out wide kick, an inside kick, a calf kick. He's, he's going to really put a lot on Ortega. And Ortega's face as well, though, um, does swell up a lot as well. I'm not just saying this because what well, Max Holloway does to him, but, you know, he, you can see when he gets caught flush, he does struggle with that. And I think Volkanovski, Volkanovski, Volkanovski is a much better striker than Ortega. Ortega's, you know, he's got that boxing background. He's got that boxing background so he can pick his punches. But Volkanovski, as you've seen in the VT, has a, a better reach. I didn't know he had a better reach. I know it's not which five is months. which is mad because of the height of him. He's five six. He's a tank. The fact he was two hundred pounds when he was playing rugby, and yeah. then he he cut down as Dan Hardy alluded to his only losses at welterweight. At 170, and now he's right down to 145, but he's he's short enough, I guess, isn't he? And and you know, considering he's cut all that weight to get down to where he is now, it's incredible, isn't it? He's as I said to you, he's the next flow of elite fighters. I think Volkanov has got it all. You know, I mean, he's he can he can grapple, but he's very good at standing up. I don't think he's going to grapple Ortega in this fight because there's one thing I, I will say, being a, a BJJ enthusiast like myself is. And Ortega's like up there when mm. it comes to BJJ. You're not going to go and play in the ground. Quicksand. You're in quicksand, surely. Then, it, yeah. it, you know. But could could Ortega could Ortega get him down though? Because as you say, it, from a striking standpoint, he's probably going to better in there, isn't he? But yeah, could you see Ortega getting him down, or is it going to be a quite hard hard for him to do so, Chris? I think I, I, it's harder because he's. I think with Ortega is. He's going to have to set up the situation to not be so, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, making it obvious. So if, if he's going to strike, you do what wrestlers do, like wrestlers per se now, is they, they set you up. So they let you come at them mm-hmm. and then you throw a few punches or kicks and then they grab one and take you down with a double leg or a single leg. He's going to have to be like that, be smart about it and not be so mm-hmm. like obvious, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take him down. I'm going to try and take you down now. He's going to be very smart. With sort of the BJJ side of taking him down, like I said. But the only good thing I think is when we talk about uh, Ortega's uppercuts, Volkanovski is going to have to get on the inside, obviously, because Ortega being the bigger man. Obviously, Volkanovski is very good at getting the inside, sort of against Max Holloway. But um, obviously, we've seen Ortega with the uppercuts. And we've seen what, you know, Frankie Edgar, known for his fantastic wrestling, and he has for over the years. And, you know, I, I love Frankie Edgar, one of their best ever. Um, and he's fought the best. Era. Flag yeah. bearer for UFC, no question, and the amount of years. But you know, age, it's age, isn't it? There, you know, it's the age factor, isn't it? But he's fought the who's who, though. He's never docked Abs- the fighters. Absolutely, bigger. absolutely he, on his shield, on his shield, that man, no question. But he caught uh, Frankie Edgar coming on the inside with that uppercut. And you, you mean 
it's all over Facebook. You can see the uppercut that Ortega gives uh, Frank Eka, and Frank Eka, you know, flies pretty much, you know, onto the floor. If you can catch Volkanovski with that, yeah, he's got a hell of a good chance because if he can drop him and not finish him, but get him on the ground and stick him to the ground, then Ortega's got an opportunity to win the fight. I just think Volkanovski is going to be it's going to be too fast for Ortega and he's going to place shots where he needs to place them. He's going to place the leg kicks when he needs to place them. And he's just going to bully Ortega. And I think, I think I've got Volkanovski uh, round five and I think he's going to finish it by TKO in this fight. So you've got it going quite, quite far in terms of rounds there, haven't you? Yeah. yeah I, I don't uh, think Ortega can take fights. Look against Max yeah. Holloway. He took a lot of damage. Yeah. I don't think he will, but I, I think just the pace that Volkanovski can push if he pushes higher than Max Holloway, and what Max Holloway did to Ortega, I know that Dan Hardy said that you know you can't really work, you can't do A and B versus A and C sort of thing, but I just felt think Volkanovski showed enough of, of that sort of strikeout put against Max Holloway that he can do it to Ortega. Of course, this is this is going quite a bit ahead now. Uh, thinking about this, right? Volkanovski makes plenty of defenses. Say another two or three after this. If he gets past Ortega, let's not write Ortega off. I know Volkanovski's favourite. Mm-hmm. Could he could he then go up to 155? I know he's fought at 170, he's shorter, I get that. Could he could he make a dent at 155? You, I know how much you rate the 155 division. It's one of the you know one of the strongest top to bottom. Could Volkanovsky go up to, to lightweight and do I think something it, there, or do you think it's gonna be more for natural guys in the division and they'd have their way with him? Maybe as it pertains to like the top three or four guys, five guys. I think he'd struggle with the likes of Dustin Poirier because I think Dustin Poirier is he's got you know a very mm-hmm. good takedown defense, and he's very good at the striking. And I think he's better at Volkanovski at that. But I think Volkanovski still has the speed. You know, you saw Max Holloway go against uh, Dustin Poirier for the interim before obviously Poirier fought Khabib, and Khabib had his way with Max Holloway. And we're talking about Max Holloway; he's one of the best strikers in the UFC, um, and Dustin Poirier, you know, bested him at most of that. He could have a good shot, but I, I can't see him winning the title. I think when you're going up to 155, you still have very good wrestlers. You have very good strikers. Actually, 155, there's very mixed all-round sort of skill sets between, you know, the Michael Chandlers, the Justin Gaethje's, who also will be fighting in a couple of months' time, and I can't wait for that fight. But you have, you know, Charles Oliveira, who's learning to strike, and, and you saw it against, uh, against Michael Chandler. is working out that sort of side of things, but he's deadly on the ground. Um yeah, he, he could get up there, right? You know, what I mean, the thing is, if he clears his path at one forty-five, and say, I don't know, because you've got Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier at the end of the year, you don't know who's going to come out the champion there. I think a lot of people would probably side sway mm-hmm. towards Dustin Poirier. But just say, say, just for argument's sake, Dustin Poirier clears the division, and Volkanovski does the same. You could match them together because they've cleared their divisions as a super fight. I think just Dustin Poirier and people at one fifty-five, just that bit more, bit yeah, a bit higher than Volkanovski mm-hmm. in that sort of sense. But you know, there's fights to be made for him at one forty-five. Absolutely. Absolutely, I look forward to. I look forward to the main event. You know, if anything, it's going to be explosive. It's and and UFC again making the making the fights, Chris. You know, boxing boxing could learn a lot from it. I know. We've had issues with contracts and stuff within the boxing, but at least you know you're in you're in the UFC house. You're in you know in amongst that, and they can make these fights. Boxing could learn a lot of things about getting deals done, but I know you've obviously got different boxing boards, so it's just great to see going back to this main event. It's good to see that it's finally happening. Obviously, COVID struck, didn't it as well? It would have been a lot sooner 
It was all uh, sad. It was all sad. May, wasn't it? May, yeah. wasn't it? I think we, the original we were ready, <laughs> we were ready really for pre- it. And we, yeah. we, you know, but yeah. can't wait, can't wait. I'm very much looking forward to it. I know you are too. Oh, and definitely. Then, moving on, Chris, to the ladies at Flyweight. Valentina Shevchenko taking on former Invicta FC bantamweight champion Lauren Murphy. Chris, this fight's only going one way. No disrespect to Lauren Murphy, you know. She's got it. She's got to take on. She's obviously mandatory to Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. I can't see this going any other way. Valentina's fantastic. You know, her herself and Amanda Nunes, you know, fantastic flag bearers for the women's division in the UFC. What that do you feel? What do you feel? And where do you see this fight getting finished? What round? I'll go, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I know you like to yes. predict. I know Is you it like it? prediction. It's a mismatch, though. Let's, let's get first and foremost. Um, it's a mismatch. I thought Joanne Calder would beat Laura Murphy in the the, the, the sort of the, the the contender fight. Yeah, uh, I thought Laura I thought Laura Murphy lost to Joanne Calderwood, mm-hmm. but she went by split decision. But it's one of them when you leave it in the hand of judges, as Dana White says, and you see it in boxing. Yeah, you know, I mean, they don't always get it right. We all look at fight differently, even the judges. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. That's been Dana White's mantra for so many years, Chris. Do yeah, not leave don't... it in those. <laughs> no, and he's right, though, because there's been how many bad decisions. But going to the fight, though, listen, yeah. Valentino Shevchenko Absolutely. is a black belt in jiu-jitsu because she's, she's, uh, she's done so much. She's Muay Thai, I'd say, definitely in, in, the, in, the black, in the black belt range, right? She is a GOAT. But the thing is, flyweight division is like where Ronda Rousey was when she first came in and did bantamweight. And there was nobody else that was at her level. Uh, her, Shevchenko and, on, uh, and Amanda Nunes are at that level where there literally isn't anyone to contest. They have fought twice, and it was razor close, both fights. Yes, we, I think we both want to see a third fight. It'd be great. Oh. <clears throat> we want yeah. to. We want to. Oh, of course, yeah. It will make money. You know, yeah. that'll, be, that'll be, you know, not many of the women's fight draw on a level, do they? But if you put them two together again, as you say, yeah, Going forward, there's got to be a third. Has to be. Shevchenko, I've got like, you know, Shevchenko is too good for this division. There's nobody in the flyweight division, in the ladies' flyweight division, that can contest Valentino Shevchenko, right? There's nobody. She's that good. She's in a division where I think it's easy for her. It's quite probably, she's probably happy. You know what I mean? She is too good for a division. She gets paid a good bit of money and she gets to beat women up. What more can you complain about, you know? Absolutely. I've, for me in this fight, so we'll cut, well, I'm not going to give you too much for this fight because I think we all know no, uh, no. Shev, Shevchenko's. I think Shevchenko wins this. I think she wins this mm-hmm. uh, by TKO in the first round. I think she's just going to do what she does best. I think it could either be on the ground or it could be standing up because she's done it to so many different people. Um, but yeah, Valentino Shevchenko first round TKO. We could even be a KO actually. That's, but yeah, um, too good, mate. Th- and you're on a run, you're on a run as well, because you've got Anthony Smith right and you got the finish right as well. So I think, Chris, you know, this could be two, two in a row that you've got. And then if Volkanovsky wins, I'll give you three in a row. And then as we move on. Oh, wait, hold on re- before we before we jump on to the big one. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw some comments out because we've yeah, had a few. Good, good thinking, Chris. Don't want the don't want the guys, the viewers missing out on the, you know what they've said. Here we are, it's Isaac Heffernan all the way from Norwich. On the East Coast in England. Afternoon, lad. Let's go. Yeah. Tyler T, who is Isaac. Albert Barlow from Chicago. Chris's art of partying friend as well. Me and Mel are here celebrating my grandmother's birthday. We do now, but mate. Happy birthday, Grandma. Grandma Barlow, I'm assuming. Grandma Barlow. 
All the best. All the best. Chilly Willie, former ECW alumni. He's been on the show. We'll have to get you back on as well, Chilly. What's good, fellas? All good. He's out in the he's out in the Philippines. He lives out there now. He's from Carolina originally. And Ramel, another guy who's been on the show with us, and he's done some watch alongs with Chris. Sup, guys. Thank you very much, Ramel. All Big the way Ramel. To, two guys from the Philippines in Asia. They're fantastic. And what would the show be without, without Brett? Brett Thomas? We missed you last week. We know you had it on in the earphones and we got to you in the end. Hi, everyone. All the best, Brett. Thank you for all your support. I'm hoping to meet John Scott today at the O2. Yeah, WWE are touring across the UK. So, yeah, I'm sure you'll see John Scott and uh, Jess as well there. there. Steve Monkman, afternoon, gents. Dan Hardy is go on ma- yeah, match builders. 100%, 100%. Yeah, whatever went on with the UFC and him losing that role, at least he's got it with the B- with BT Sport as well. Justin Clapper. How are you doing, JC- Justin? Yeah. JCP Pro Wrestling Show coming soon as well. Looking forward to that. Our buddy from Wrestling Travel has been a great supporter of the show. Brett Thomas, have you seen Tito Ortiz? He's called out Logan Paul. Or see, he's no offence, but he won't beat Logan or even make the cash. Got to agree with you there, Brett. Um, I spoke to you. I, I brought this up last week um, that he, he disagreed with uh, the, the knockout loss against Anderson Silva. Not sure how you can contest a knockout loss, but hey, yeah. this is Tito. I do agree with Brett. Um, Tito doesn't doesn't no doesn't warrant a, any sort Dana, of boxing fight. No, Dana White was as complimentary as ever about Ortiz's striking. So you you and you and Dana are always on the same page where it pertains to Ortiz. Uh, with his crap. hands, with his hands. Dana, I was howling when Dana did the the press conference after the Contender series. I watched that the other day. Yeah, quite quite funny. Yeah, yeah but so they don't quite, get on. They don't get on. Though. They don't get on. Do they? They've never got yeah. on. But Tito, but they, Tito they, did they, make Dana money. But yeah, they're bad. But they also they were supposed to have a boxing fight. If you remember back in the day, that could happen. Get I'd like to see Dana get back in there boxing. Lewis Young, how you doing, Lewis, mate? All the way from Falkirk in Scotland. Regular viewer every week. Love you, Lewis. Top lad, top lad you are, mate. We appreciate you every week. Rachel Cornell, nice to see you, Rachel. Did you see Gary Neville latest overlap with Tyson? After watching both AJ and Tyson, I like Tyson more now. He's just himself. AJ was very businesslike, and now I believe it's AJ that doesn't want it. Um, it's, it's oh, got an interesting. It poses the question. It poses the question, but I think it will get made um, next you know, year, as, hopefully. As as we as we saw with Fury, he's mapped out where he's going the next four or five fights, and then he's going to have two years off, go off the rails again, come back at thirty-seven, and reign supreme again with the weathers around. So yeah, I think that fight will happen. You know, a bit bit delayed, and we. Hopefully, we'll get to see it next year. The first one in Saudi, then the second one in London. Dan Terra Sporting. Heard Walter wants to do MMA. Thoughts? He's a very stiff wrestler. I think he's fantastic in the pro wrestling sense. I would go regional if he was going to go into MMA. Chris will tell you that. You know, I think that'd be the only way he's getting in, you know, getting into MMA. Does he have a background? Is is he Uh, a collegiate wrestler? People know more than that on me. He's from Austria. I assume he did some sort of, some form of it maybe, but don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm sure someone will be able to tell us. Uh, Dan, but yeah. Dan, Dan Terra Sporting, if you know some information about what um, what he does, oh, throw it in the comments, mate. On a re- in a regional aspect, why not? I just don't think you couldn't go in the top end promotions because you'll tell us now, Chris. You know, it doesn't well, end well when they've gone up. Yeah. You know, people have tried it, as we know. But yeah, sorry. No, dude. Do it easily, ease yourself in, and then get noticed, and then get into the Abs- bigger shows. Absolutely. But, so we uh, jump into the big one yeah. this weekend, and 
It, after 17 years has passed since the first fight, an historic fight, Chris. There's been so much of it, you know, the fight in highlight packages over the years. You know, it was a flag bearer, wasn't it, for the UFC when they used to show just two two guys going at it. And finally, we've got the second fight. Now, Diaz, Nick Diaz, has been away for quite some time, Chris. Last fight in 2015. Mm-hmm. Robbie Lawler, Robbie Lawler's been active. I'm just trying to think when he last had, last had a fight. Neil Magny. Uh, when how, how long ago was that now, Chris? It's about six or seven months ago. Right. So it begs the it begs the question, doesn't it, Chris? Does Nick Diaz get his way with him again? Or due to the length of time outside the cage, does it favour Robbie Lawler? Because he's he obviously stayed active. How how I've, do you how do you feel? I find it hard, right? So I obviously prepping for today. I Vulcan obviously will take it. I can do easily. Shevchenko versus Murphy, easy. You know, Joshua, Usyk, you, you've got an, an, an idea, haven't you? Nick Diaz hasn't fought in the UFC for six years. You know, January the 20, uh, is it January the 20, I think it was the day after my birthday or the, a few days before it, uh, 2015, he fought Anderson Silva. They both popped. Anderson Silva popped for steroids. Uh, Nick Diaz popped for ma- marijuana, weed, as we call it over here, which is stupid, which is stupid. You get away with marijuana. Shit. You get away with marijuana. Now, now. Is, that, is that in all the states? Or yeah. would it be like certain... You can, you're you're all, fine. All with, yeah, I remember. So, I, get, uh, it, it, I think he, he should have got a pass, shouldn't he? Obviously, it wasn't in place at the time. Sorry, I'm, I'm going on but about they that the, now. You give him a lifetime ban. Obviously, they got it down. Yeah. But, you know, I, mean, I don't know if... People watching us watch a lot of Nick Diaz and what he does, but you see a lot of Instagram. He does party. You see him on TMZ, he's partying mm. and doing his thing. And, you know, he's enjoying himself. Um, I talk about to you off camera about that uh, interview we did with Errol Hawani a few years ago. And I, it wasn't just me, but I couldn't understand a single thing that was coming out of his mouth. <laughs> I, I, was, I was struggling. I don't think, you know, I mean, it wasn't just me, but I don't know what he was on that day, but it was really slurring and it, it was hard to make out. I think it was. It was just after Nate lost to Masvidal, and uh, it, you know, they're both sitting down like me and you, but obviously to get in the same room. I just couldn't understand him. Now watching the cap down today after after prepping for that, he you can understand Nick, Nick Diaz perfectly. You know what I mean? He looks in fantastic shape. Yeah, okay, he's been out for six years, but the guy is an athlete, isn't he? You know, he does triathlons. He, he trains people in Stockton with Caesar Gracie. <clears throat> And Cesar Gracie's, uh, you know, an elite, elite level jiu-jitsu trainer. Uh, fantastic. You know, he, had, he has Nick Diaz as one of his trainers as well. But Nick Diaz looks fantastically, fantastically, but just in absolutely brilliant shape. Robbie Lawler, again, he's on a four-fight losing streak. I think this could be Robbie Lawler's last fight, if I'm completely honest with you. Win, lose, or draw. I think mm-hmm. this will be Robbie Lawler's last one. Um I'm I'm really on the fence with this one because I you can't go off the fight that they fought 17 years ago. You can't because it was completely different and they've been through a lot of different things. You know, Nick Diaz won the Strike Force title. Robbie Lawler came back after UFC took Strike Force and you know went on a hell of a good run at Walterweight. Won the title. Had two fantastic fights against uh, um, Roy McDonald and uh, one of his names come out of my head now. Um, he'll come back, I think, at some point. Um, Did you take on Hendricks, oh, Johnny no, Hendricks. Yeah, that was okay. But Carlos Condit versus Robbie Lawler for the title, mm-hmm. 
that was really, really good fight. Obviously, Carlos Condit's just uh, announced he's retired from MMA as well. Uh, you know, props to Carlos Condit because you know he's, what? Fought, he's fought Nick Diaz as well. I think, you know, with Condit, I think, you know, because he's fought more, more recently in more recent months, I think he still had something to offer, but obviously he's probably made a lot. He's probably made a lot of money. He's not that old. He's no. been around a long, long time. So I'm a bit surprised by that, Chris, but he's obviously he's obviously thought and looked at through who he's for and... If he can train, he can still train people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Carlos Condit was, it was technically, standing up was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's done. He's, he fought Nick Diaz. He he, he took mm-hmm. you know GSP on for the title, and he dropped GSP. You know, I mean, not many people get to drop GSP. Didn't finish it because GSP and the know-how and the experience with GSP mm-hmm. were in the fight. And you know, GSP is always known for what he does. He takes people down and he beats them up, and he did really well in that. You know, Lola in this fight, it could come down to: Does Diaz still have a chin? Because we know Lola can bang. Mm-hmm. But in the last couple of fights, Lola's very tentative and he's been caught and he's, he's shuttled up on the floor and he's been beaten that way, which is really horrible to see Robbie Lola go that way. It, it, it's so hard to see because it's going to be like, can Nick Diaz get the pressure? Because we all know Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz are very good at their boxing and the combinations and the pressure. They get you up against the fence and they unload. But it isn't, it's not to the head, it's to the body and they move up and down with the combinations. If he can get that off, I think he can beat Robbie Lola. But if Robbie Lola can catch Nick Diaz, not knowing again what sort of chin Nick Diaz is after six years out, he could finish Nick Diaz. It could go either way. So it's it's perfectly poised. I think you've got to roll to Michael Bisping. And the footage is courtesy of Bisping Previews. We want to cover ourselves when we're showing clips. So yeah, yeah just if you want to roll to it, if I'm jumping in a bit too no, quick. No, no, no. Let yeah. me uh, I'll take this banner off so people can see uh Michael Bisping entered Big Fight Weekly for the second straight week. <laughs> I think that is, in, that is a correct narrative, right? Robbie has been fighting and Nick hasn't been fighting. But I think for those very reasons, that's probably why you're going to see Nick Diaz probably be the favourite of the bookies and more than likely get the win. Why is that? Well, it's miles on the clock, right? Robbie Lawler has got a lot of miles on the clock. He's got a lot of damage to the bodywork. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas Nick Diaz, you know, he's only been fighting the best, but for six years, he has been doing anything but fighting. And when I say anything but fighting, if you see the man, you look at him on paper, you look at him on Instagram or whatever, he's in tremendous shape. You know, he's coming back at 170, his natural weight class, and he looks fantastic, okay? As we know, he's a triathlete. I don't know how many triathletes he's been doing, but I did see him semi-recently on Instagram with his brother. So, you know, the man keeps in shape. He's a natural athlete, you know, and when it comes to fighting, him and his brother are two of the most natural fighters that you'll see on the planet. Now, the first fight went down 17 years ago, and, you know, Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz, they both like to bang. And that's what we saw. And it was a clean knockout for Nick Diaz. Coming back into this one, I don't think we're really going to see much of a different approach. We know Robbie Lawler's a great wrestler. He's going to wrestle Nick Diaz. Is he going to want to take him down? Diaz has got fantastic jiu-jitsu. Probably not a safe place to be. You know, so for Robbie Lawler, he's got power in his hands. Nick Diaz has got power in his hands. So I think this fight's going to play out on the feet. I'm not going to give a prediction just yet because we've still got a little bit of time to go before. Well, he's left that open-ended as Mr. Bisping, but as yes. per usual, well, well articulated from the fighters, you know, 
standpoint and point of view. And uh, yeah, I, I respect Bisping for the most part when he when he talks about these fights. He's so, honest. Yeah. He's honest. He's honest. Very yeah. honest of yeah. what he uh, you know yeah. he he puts out. And you know we, we respect Michael Bisping. Mm. He's fantastic on the commentary as well. So I'm glad he's got a new five year contract with UFC. Um, he is right though. You know what he says, and I obviously alluded to this. You know Nick Diaz does look in good shape. You know, but Robbie Lawler has been fighting, and yes, he has had miles on the clock. But so is Nick Diaz in a way, though, because Nick Diaz, they've both you know, been fighting for a very long time. Yes, minus the six years, you know, Nick Diaz has fought the best. You look at the last three opponents mm-hmm. of uh, Nick Diaz. Uh, you've got George St. Pierre, uh, Carlos Condit, BJ Penn, and these are all the guys in their prime when he fought them. He doesn't back down from people when he takes fights, just like Nate does. Um, it's just good to see him back. I wish he came back a bit earlier. So it's it's devastating in a way to see him come back at, uh, so older when he had those, you know, he wasn't suspended for six years, but he took that, you know, mm. sat on the shelf for six years instead. You know, it, it, you know, I'd like to see him a bit more, but, you know, it's good to see Nick Diaz back. And like maybe if he beats um, Robbie Lurrell on the weekend, could we get a Nick Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal? Seeing as the back, he's back at 170. Why not? Why not? It, it, it makes perfect sense. Two bangers, two strikers going at it. So, Chris, I think I can sense from the way you're rounding that up. I think you're going, I think you think Nick Diaz is going to gonna do it. I don't, I, I, don't, start, I don't know. I don't know. I, you're, you're like Bisping. I'll, I'll leave it. A, I'll leave it a couple of days. I'll let, I'll I'll, let you, I'll let you watch some press, press stuff because we're a bit early yet, aren't we? As you say. Yeah, we're, 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 what, we're five days out from the actual fight. Uh, yeah. Listen, if you're going to press me, Hart would say Nick Diaz because I love the Diaz brothers, but Head would say Robbie Lawler, even though he's on a four-fight losing streak, mm-hmm. Robbie Lawler's still been in there, and Robbie Lawler has fought the best. You know what I mean? He hasn't fought any bums. He's been in there with Kobe Covington. He's been in there with, you know, Neil Magny, who's been on the rise. Okay, he did lose his last fight, but he's been on the rise. I mean, he, like Tyron Woodley, and I know Tyron Woodley, you know, has moved on now, but they didn't, you know, they're losing to the top-end elite fighters. And don't forget, you look at the, the gym that Robbie Lawler's in, Vicente Luque's there, do you know what I mean? Who Up and coming at 170. Mm-hmm. He's got Michael Chandler in there. Um, Derek Brunson fights at Samford, where, you know, Robbie Lawler mm-hmm. trains at. So he's got a lot of good training partners who are still Absolutely. at the top of their game. Um, so, yeah. Interesting fight. I look forward to it. Perfectly, perfectly poised. And, you know, it's going to bring in people maybe who haven't watched the UFC for a long, long time, but can remember it years ago. That's a big pull. I know the card's stacked. I, I, I get that. But this one, this one could be the one that a lot of people want to tune into the most, even though you've got the two title fights, Chris. Well, I, I think you know, this, this, could, this could steal the show. Name, because... name value. It's name value yeah. in it and what they've done. 100%, uh, you know, Robbie Lawler, former champion, Nick Diaz, former champion. Um, and they both fought, you know, each other 17 years ago. Nick Diaz got the win in that fight. Could it go the same or could it be different? You just don't know that. And that's what's intriguing to see where this fight goes. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, mate. What about the huge heavyweight clash? Two top-end heavyweights in the rankings. It's Curtis Blades versus Jozinho Rosenstrike. Chris, another absolute... Stella, Stella bout in the making here. As you can see, the records in front of us there. 14 and 3 Curtis Blades to 12 and 2 Jozino Rosenstrike. Chris, a huge fight for both of these guys. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say title, imp- title implications, not just yet, because um, 
there's a lot of pushback, isn't there? Because obviously we've got Garn and Garnu to fight, and I'm not sure that fight's announced yet, but I think that's going into January when they fight. Obviously, we've got Miotic coming back. Miotic is putting the weight back, weight back on. Um, got John Jones to enter the fray. And I think between those four fighters, or maybe, well, maybe three of them, four of them, yeah, I'll go with four of them. It's going to hold that division up. But if we go in regards to the fight, I've got Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson. Uh, I've got Curtis Blade, sorry, winning this fight. I just think he looked really good to a part against Derek Lewis until Derek Lewis chinned him and put him out of the fight, which, you know, Derek Lewis has got that power. But Derek Lewis, I'm sorry, Curtis Blaze looked really good in that fight before he got caught by uh, Derek Lewis. So you look at the game plan maybe for Curtis Blades. It's to set traps for Rosenstrike. You know, come at him, strike at him, but force him against the fence, pull him down and and, um, and beat him up on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I completely see that. And Curtis Blades has been you know very notorious for doing that. He uses the strike and standing up. He confuses you, then he takes you down and then beats you up on the ground. Rosenstrike, you know, Again, like Derek Lewis, has that one-punch knockout mm-hmm. power. But he's also obviously got leg kicks, but I don't think he's going to want to use leg kicks against a wrestler who can obviously work, you know, catch that leg, take you down in a double leg or a single leg. He's going to have to be very strategic is using his striking against uh, against Curtis Blades as using it in, in, in good spots, putting a jab out, you know, then going for a hook, but not leaving himself open for a takedown. Mm-hmm. But... I just see Curtis Blades is going to take him down. And I think Curtis Blades is going to do what he's done to a lot of fighters over the last couple of years and beat him up on the ground. And that moves him forward. When I say moves him forward now, obviously we've got a problem. Because uh, Curtis Blades is quite high up, isn't he, in the rankings. I think he's fifth in the rankings at the moment. But, like, again, you've got Garn, who's fighting the title. Miotic, who's not, uh, well, he's not back yet, but is coming back next year. Everyone else is booked up, and then I looked at the rankings today because obviously they're going to get if, if Curtis Blades wins this fight or Rosenstrike wins this fight, they're going to have to match someone up with who hasn't lost a fight multiply. And the only fighter who's not booked up at the moment, Stuart, which is going to be really bad when I say this, but not really bad, but it's going to be a hard one. The only fighter sitting below because he's going to have to take a fight below, he's not because nobody's ready, no one's available above him, is Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall. Um- you know he's the only fighter with Throwing... a four-fight four win streak mm. below him. Throw... You know, he's got that. I know you were looking lower down for Tom Aspinall before he goes into that higher echelon, but why not? Why not put him in there? Why not? And it wouldn't surprise me, Chris. It wouldn't surprise me. And as you say, 4-0. and And I think he's got all the credentials. Maybe he does need. Maybe, you know, I can see he needs to be cautious a little bit because it might derail him if he was to take a loss going up so soon. But the time frame would be perfect as long as everyone can stay healthy and fit. Well, yeah, possibly. It's a tough fight for Tom Aspinall mm-hmm. because it, I mean, this is like when I said to you when we spoke about it, this is being thrown to the wolves because mm-hmm. Curtis Blades is no no joke. He's been in there, you know, within Garnu. He's been, obviously going to be in there with Roman Strike, but he's been there with Derek Lewis. He's been in there with, yeah. with all Full the, you know, high caliber top. Top five, top five guys, isn't it? Yeah, you know, he's been there with Overeem before, obviously, and got Kurt. You know, it, this is the only sort of logic I can see. Um, like I what I'd rather Tom Aspinall versus uh Volkov after Volkov's fight, but Volkov could lose this fight, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know where it goes. But this is the only fight I can see if Curtis Blades was to win this fight. This, this is the only one that makes more sense because 
there's no one above me can get because they're not just everyone else is booked or not ready to fight yet unless they look maybe actually i don't know because i can't see stipe miocic taking a fight against curtis blaze when he comes back he's going to want Mm-hmm. The winner, isn't he? John Jones isn't going to take Curtis Blades. He's going to want the winner. And they're the guys that are going to be above him. So Tom Aspinall, at this moment, to me, is the only logical. And I hope it gets made. I really do. You know, let's see. Let's see what happens. Have you got anything in the way of comments there, Chris? Before, uh, before we head to break. Yeah, Dan's yeah. back. Dan Terra Sports Inc. Snoop Dogg said he wants to do his own boxing MMA show with weed being smoked. And fans not on seats, but sofas with rap music going on during the fight. It's something different. And it wouldn't surprise me if it happened the way the way it's changed, the way the fighting world has changed, the way celebrities are in pro bouts, exhibition bouts. And, you know, Snoop has been involved, doesn't he, with Triller as well. Uh, I, stranger things have happened. And it, it wouldn't surprise me, Chris. What, what do you think was Snoop doing that and the way it was set up, if they did do it? Get out. It wouldn't surprise me though. I don't I bet want you wouldn't to be... see. It. I don't, I don't I, want to I, see. It. I, I know that, but I bet you believe that could actually happen. As, well, listen, as, mad, the... as mad as it is, and the whole concept yeah. of it. Well, the, the way the way combat sports is going at the moment with your Jake Pauls, your Logan Pauls, your KSI's, and all that sort of in the mix. Yeah, I, I'm not. I won't be shocked by it, but I don't want to see it. Just you know what I mean? Because he's going to bring back fighters that are retired, and I don't want to see fighters that are retired. We see it in, when they've come to boxing, the Tito's, Evander Holyfield's. Don't want to see it. Just leave them alone. Um, Dan's come back with uh, what was saying judo. Right, judo. Right, okay. He would take down well, but not e able to strike unless he slaps their chest. Walter. Right, okay, okay. He's done I, judo. I don't, I, yeah. don't think, I don't think slapping chests going to go well in combat sports. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't well in pro wrestling. And then you know he's made it. He making he's made the career out of it, and he's had some stellar matches with Dragunov and, and many of his uh, Pete Dunne. But yeah, that's wrestling. That's for a different time. Chris, what what a weekend we're gonna have in the UFC though. Before we go to massively, break. massively massive card. Like last week when we were previewing stuff, it was very quiet with the boxing and the and the MMA going going into the next couple of months. It's chocker, which is great for us. But yeah. Here is what Powered4.tv have got on offer on demand. £7.99 sign up today. Some fantastic stuff. And as it says there, sign up £7.99 a month. John and Jess are at WWE Today at the O2 in London. So there's going to be loads of media from that. Also, 18 shows between now and October, which will get loaded up on demand. So we've got Catch Pro Wrestling View promotion out of Manchester was set up last year because of COVID. Obviously, they haven't been able to run anything. So, yeah, Catch Pro are on there now. And Odyssey Pro Wrestling as well, which is has commentary with our very own Simon Hill, who does keep it locked. And also, Kurt Johansson, who has the Kurt Johansson show. They're on commentary doing a great job for Odyssey. So, yeah, sign up today. £7.99 a month. More promotions coming on. You can find us on there with Big Fight Weekly as well. So, just keep an eye. Plenty of content. John and Richard doing a stellar job, as always. And moving on to the boxing. Huge, huge fight on Saturday evening. The last of the matchroom events on Sky Sports. And then, obviously, they'll be fully transitioned to the zone. And Mr. Sauerland, Nisa Sauerland of Sauerland Promotions. Big, you know, big boxing promotion there promoting. Um, it's got, It's gone. It's gone. Chris Eubank Jr. among others, and they're going to be on Sky Sports of their show. Nisa Sauerland here. I think Joshua stops Usyk in seven to nine. Chris, roll the VT, and we'll listen to what Sauerland had to say. 
No problem. Stand, wait for uh, Usyk against uh, Joshua next week or in ten days. I think I think Joshua stops in seven to nine. Mm-hmm. Right hand. <laughs> I, I find that Usyk he he brings that left. Uh, he comes a bit square, uh, which is weird. Normally, you know, as a southpaw, you're a bit narrower yeah. for some reason, a bit more one-dimensional. But he kind of brings that left leg round a lot, and everyone compares him to Lomachenko. But Lomachenko is just he's a, he's a what super feather light lightweight. You know, he, he makes those moves a lot easier than uh, a guy who's now fighting 100, 105 kgs, yeah, yeah. Um, and he takes too many shots. And I think AJ he's just going to walk onto that straight right. That's my feeling. <laughs> and then last of all... I, I listen, I like Usyk as well. I think he's brilliant. I think, I think he's brilliant. brilliant. But I think the size and the power. Um, I think the longer that fight goes on, Usyk's got, got a chance of it going 12 rounds and it could go for a decision. Now, we know AJ's power. I'm not disputing that. AJ's heavy favourite, which is fine. Look, he's not Lomachenko. Look at the size... No. You know, and that and that's fine. But you know, as you said earlier, Lomachenko's dad's been back training him. He's been back in the camp with him, and he's a fantastic fighter. Tony Bell, you said probably the greatest cruiserweight ever. You know, we've seen a lot of cruiserweights. Evander Holyfield, fantastic cruiserweight. You know, mm-hmm. Bell, you was obviously big and Usyk up, but Usyk got better as that fight went on. I know it was at his natural weight, but I think the more them rounds go, I think if Joshua doesn't get him out early, Usyk will be all right, I think, at the weight. And we might see a 12-rounder. And, you know, he's he's only boxed Charles Witherspoon in his first, in his pro heavyweight debut. And then Derek Chisora, that went the distance as well. You know, good test. You know, Chisora's cool. tough. Um, how do you feel, Chris? There's so many permutations. And, you know, a lot of people are going for Joshua, and rightly so. But I wouldn't write Usyk off. He's complete. He's a complete boxer. Uh, how, how do you feel? How do you feel with it on Saturday evening? I, I think, you know what I mean, I've watched a lot on it today because obviously I just want to get people sort of perspective. And I mean, I was watching ex-fighters, trainers and, you know, people like Tony Bell, you, uh, who've been in, in the ring with uh, Uzik. And, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of masking Uzik, really, and, and looking at Joshua because he's big, he's powerful. Uzik is really good. And, you know what I mean? If you watch Uzik in Cruiserweight, it's fainting, confused everybody. And he puts it out it out there makes your mind work over time and and then people struggle and then he catches you and he beats you but it, it, i mean it's his technical ability his jabs but like i say the fake work he does is phenomenal because like i say you're making your making your opponent's mind work so it's like is he gonna hit is he gonna move is he gonna move and i think as well he's been a smaller guy and we both said about joshua struggling with the smaller guy um i think he's gonna test joshua I'm not saying he's going to beat Joshua, but I think this is going to be the hardest test Joshua's had for a very long time um, against a, an actual, you know, a gold medalist as well, a heavyweight in the Olympics. You know what I mean? Kay hasn't fought the same calibre of fighters as Joshua has, but he's been dominant in the division below. And, you know, very dominant in the, in mm-hmm. the division below. I think, you know what I mean? This could go all 12 rounds. Or Joshua might make a mistake and underestimate mm-hmm. Usyk, like he underestimated Andy Ruiz. I think I think he's got to get him out early. I, I don't agree with this seven to nine round. You know, and that's a, that's a boxing promoter. You know, he knows boxing. There's Mister Sowerland. That, that's that's not that's not in question. I think Joshua needs a stoppage sooner. 
He needs to do it in three or four, maybe. Because Usyk will, Usyk will get better as those rounds go on. And he's a slow starter. Little... He's a slow yeah. starter. Bell, you, had loads of success earlier on, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, it's kind of like he wanted it from Bell. He wanted to take Bell's best to then, you know, yeah, outbox him. him. Yeah, uh, Bell, you had a fantastic start, but that was at cruiser. You know, um, I, I commend, I commend Usyk stepping up. You know, he could have stayed at Cruiser, defended all the belts more times again. He'd beaten everybody. Could he have waited for more people at Cruiser to come through? No, it was time. It was time to go. I can't do nothing but commend the guy no, you know, for, having, for, having, for having the intestinal fortitude to go up to heavyweight. That's a very wrestling word there, yeah, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, listen, he's beaten the best he can and what's offered at cruiserweight. So at that point, you know, like in any compact sports, you have to look somewhere else for that sort of, that sort of, the battle that pushes you. Because, you know, certain fighters can stay in the division and dominate it over and over again. And this could be in MMA, this could be in boxing, this could be in Muay Thai, this could be in jiu-jitsu, karate, judo. It gets boring after a while when you're beating people that are not your level. But then you look above you or look below you and there's people at your level. So he's, you know, given the cojones to go and test himself, you know, in the in the biggest division, you know, the most most well known division, you know, your Joshua's, your Wilders, your Tyson's are there, you know what I mean, and obviously Dillian White's there as well. So there's fights there as well. You that know what I mean, is, boxing at heavyweight, it's marquee. As much as people say boxing's on the downward trend. In, in the heavyweight division, the heavyweight division's never been this hot for, for years. You're talking the last, you know, 25, 30 years. It's got to be, hasn't it, Chris? Don't mean it gets enough, doesn't get enough recognition. You know, this will this will draw, it'll still do quite a lot of buy rates, I think. You know, I think, you know, everyone wanted him against Fury next, didn't they? And here he is, Ramel, technically, Usyk is a he- Usyk can work as a heavyweight. Like, I give this a 50 50. I'm. I'm thinking the same as you. I, I, I've got to be honest. I, you know, a lot of people are saying Joshua's going to blow him out. But the longer that bout goes on, I keep mm-hmm. harping on about it. It is, it, Usyk's got a shout. Uh, Usyk's got a shout. He's resilient. He's tough. Um, you know, he's had those two fights c- coming into this. You know, maybe it was a bit soon him going in for a title bout, but it's all, you know, the time frame because of uh, Fury and Joshua yeah. not happening when it was meant to. He's in a position now. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for it. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as well, a fantastic stadium. There's going to be 60 plus thousand in attendance. It draws. They're still drawing. You know, I think boxing does get a bad rap. And, and you know, we're going to see moving on, Chris, I think. Fury versus Wilder free October the 9th. So that's coming up two weeks later. And uh, yeah, Nisa Sowland's prediction. No, Actually, wrong. no, we'll go to, yeah, we'll, we'll go, go to, to John, John go Fury to and Frank Warren. Yeah. Footage courtesy of BT Sport. We found BT Sport. Thank you. Thank you, John, if I can. Yeah. It's the third fight coming up. Is it a relief or is it a nuisance? Bit of both, really. You know what I'm saying? But it's a fair fight. Both men's been inactive, you know. What I can see, I can't see, really, when we've been promised AJ and we've got this. He's already beaten twice. Last time he'd done it convincingly. You know what? They always... Uh, problems posed by heavyweights like Deontay Wilder with his power. But, you know, he's just another bump in the road. And Tyson will smooth him out the right way this time. He'll retire in this time, Tyson will. Just another bump in the road, Frank. Is it just another bump in the road? Look, anything can happen in heavyweight boxing. You know, they're, they're, especially when you've got to think about someone like Wilder. He's the hardest 
statistically the hardest punching heavyweight in the last 30, 40 years. But um, I just think that Tyson has got his number. I hope so. He's got his number, and I think uh, he can't afford to be complacent, and I'm sure he won't be. But um, you know, Tyson at his best is the best heavyweight in the world. He's the one that they've all got to beat, and I think Tyson's got, got very much got the beat in the Deontay Wilder. Mentally, more than physically, as well. Yeah, it's more mental. Wilder, how can Wilder, how can Wilder, you know, go get back in there? And and Tyson, Tyson's taking the best shots. I know we've spoken about this before. Uh, You know, he is he's the best heavyweight. He's the best heavyweight. You know, in terms of what he can do. You know, collectively, Joshua for power, no question. You know, fantastic. But he's so elusive. But it's the mental game, Chris. Can I ask you a question? You can't. Do you, do you think that Joshua's got a better resume than Fury? And who they fought? Jo- jo- I've got to be fair, in, in more recent times, I, I would say yes. But Fury then eclipsed him by going in there with Wilder. But if you look, you know, if you look at who, um, you know, I'm not discrediting Tom Swartz. You know, he, he had to fight him. I mean, he got cut badly in that fight yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otto Valent, who Dillian White's going to be fighting soon as well. You know, they're a level, they're a level below elite. No disrespect to lads. You know, they carry power as well. But yet, to a lesser extent, I think Fury hasn't fought the guys that AJ's fought. But okay, okay, then hold on. Wilder, Wilder was the bigger fight. On its own, and and uh, you know Joshua didn't fight him, so I've got to get it's, it's a hard one. Does Dillian White have Does Dillian White have a better resume than Tyson Fury? Uh, he's he's been in there with everyone, and he, you know he avenged the loss to Povetkin. You know, yeah, that he did. Could yeah. Have gone, that could have gone one way or the other. Again, mental, and he got back in there and he stopped him after being stopped himself. You know, the previous summer. Uh, yeah. You know, he's been he's been in there with Chisora twice. Again, you know, game fighter Chisora. It's always a battle. Uh, he, he's fought Joseph Parker. Uh, you know, they're not the creme de la creme, you know, when you put Fury and Joshua in there, but they were all guys in in with a shout, weren't they, of getting, you know, and they've all had title fights as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Chris, I, I do take it collective as a collective. I think White and Joshua for the better people, but then he eclipses them with those two fights against Wilder because he was the most feared puncher in, in heavyweight boxing. I've got to look at it from both sides of the coin there. As yeah, a only, Collectively, Fury and White trumping opponents I, and level of opponents. I bring this to you because I was watching um, a video, uh, Box Box Nation UK on YouTube, and the shout out for them. Um, they interviewed Eddie Hearn, and they asked him this question, and his that was his answers. Uh, Joshua and White have a better resume than Tyson Fury, and I'm a bit like, yes, okay, you granted they have again, as you say, they fought. The best, the best, but you can only fight what's in front of you. You can only fight what you're given. And you know, Tyson Fury was out. Eddie Hearn says the biggest fights Tyson Fury's career were Klitschko and Wilder. Which, okay, fair enough. You can, you can. I forgot, I forgot Klitschko as well. That was that was incredible. He, he was, he was. He did, that in, he did that in Germany, though. You don't, you don't mean you didn't see, yeah. you didn't see Joshua go and fight him in Germany. No, and he beat him by points as well. Which, yeah, you know, yeah, hard is it when you're doing it in boxing? So, in fairness, I forgot about Klitschko in 2015. You know, it was that what a night, what a night that was. Uh, I think, should we go to Nisa Sauerland's 
prediction via the footage from Seconds Out Boxing, who do fantastic, yeah, fantastic do job with their content. I love Seconds Out and their stuff. So, yeah, courtesy of Seconds Out Boxing. Here we go. Nisa Sowland's prediction for Fury Wilder 3 on October the 9th. I, I listen, I like Usyk as well. I think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant. brilliant. But I think the size and the power. Last of all, um, Fury Wilder, quick prediction. I don't know. I think Tyson, you know, you can't go against Tyson. <laughs> um, I think he's, uh, you know, he's, a, he's an inspiration. Uh, what he's done, what he's dealt with in life, and um, you know, he's a real life Rocky story. And um, I would never bet against Tyson Fury. I know, and he's had that back and forth with Dillian White as well, which uh, would lead to another interesting fight. We kind of got the impression about a year ago that he wouldn't be fighting for too much longer. He said sometimes. I think his dad said he should retire after a couple of fights now, and obviously he has retired before. Yeah. Um, but that Dillian White fight is one that would uh, it would do big numbers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, imagine fight week for that. Right, so they both... <laughs> Extra security. Extra security, indeed. Uh, listen, thanks for being Fantastic. Well, Port as well. I bet he had. I bet he wish he added those guys on his promotion. I know he's very good friends with, with Frank Warren and Eddie. Anyway, you know they're, they're all they all get on really well. But yeah, he's right. It's it's a perfect. It's perfectly poised that division. And why not? Why not have Dylan White? Why not have Dylan White and Fury? And then we can get these two fights with with, you, uh, with AJ booked. Where you? Where would you say now? Evan goes to plan now. Yeah, Evan goes to plan. So mm-hmm. let's. And I don't want to mark off. Usyk, because I like Usyk. I think he's technically one of their best boxers that have come through the last couple of years. Ukraine just seem to keep cheering them out. You know, the Klitschko's, Usyk, you know, they, they, they churn out technically good boxers. But let's just say, argument's sake now, Joshua beats Usyk. Not, not saying how, but he just beats him. Fury obviously beats Wilder. White then beats is it Aro, who he's fighting next. Right, so that's that's three also, of them there. Otto, that's Otto Ballin, who uh, oh, that's three of them there. So do you do you put Fury in white before Christmas, or do you do white Fury I, in the new year? I am still skeptical. You know, as much as he wants to have four fights in a year, Fury, I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot at the elite level. I think it's, but. He wants to set. He wants to set the tone, doesn't he? Fury. He wants to do stuff that hasn't been done. Uh, and you know, it was all that inactivity with COVID last year. You know, the yeah, 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 yeah. I you... can, I can understand it, but I think it's a lot in any combat sport. I think you know, when you're at the top level, you're, you're a champion. Uh, I think it's very ambitious on his end. But who am I to judge? Because he's, he's, you know, proved the doubt is wrong time and time again. Is Fury? Um, I think, I think it's perfect because White's fighting next month. It's 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 perfect. All right, here's a prediction then. If Fury's to fight Dillian White, who wins? I think I think Fury. I've got to go Fury, but White. We've seen him knock people out, and uh, I think he's vastly under underrated. Yeah, his yeah. Knockout, his knockout power. I don't think he gets the praise. Um, what the WBC have been doing all this time? He's been mandatory for five, six years. And it's only now that he's it's it you know it's it's happening that he's getting the title fight. I think you know he he's been he's been ignored to a certain extent. I think um, you know Eddie Hearn they've been pushing for him. He, he deserves he deserves a shot. He deserves a shot. He's only lost to Joshua and Povetkin. You know he was on an absolute tear. 
you know, before he lost to Pavetkin, he avenged it. Pavetkin. That, that, that was that was a freak cup of cut, though. You got to admit yeah. that. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Any good. Yeah, it was perfect. It was you know, it was placed perfectly, but it was a freak of a knockout because Dillian White was controlling that fight, and then he got caught because you know, as they always say in all combat sports, it's the ones you don't see, it's the ones that catch you. And obviously, that uppercut from Pavetkin obviously cleaned Dillian White out. The my problem is, it's like you know, obviously I'm the MMA guy, you're the boxing guy. It's infuriating for you. It must be because you see me. Well, you obviously you're an MMA fan as well, but you see all these fights mm-hmm. stacked in UFC. But fights that make sense, not always, but nine times out of ten they are. And in boxing, you don't get that. You don't get nothing like that. You have to wait. And there's all those sort of negotiations. Does it not frustrate you where you see UFC of course it is. And all these of fights? Course it is. Imagine, imagine it was all under one umbrella like the UFC, but. There's all these boxing boards, and it's you're talking hundreds of years now, aren't you? Right? Yeah. And there's just so much red tape to get past. And and imagine it was just all one collectively. There should just be one belt. There should just be one belt. I, mm-hmm. I said it should be streamlined. It's never going to happen, but it had caused like less less issues. So uh, yeah, Karis is here by the door. That was all. I was, thought thought someone was robbing the house. We just give him a good wave. Take what but, you yeah, want. Take what you want. Imagine, imagine it was all under one umbrella. It was streamlined boxing. The fights would be made a lot easier. It's just there's too many promoters as well. Uh, but you're talking like years, years and years and years of this, and it's not going to change, uh, you know. Um, but all they can do is unify, you know, the division by beating one another, can't they? And, and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen soon. Yeah, but it must be frustrating. You know, what I mean, for you as a boxing fan, you know, you're a massive boxing fan. I mean, I, I'm I'm learning as I go along. I, obviously, I know my fighters, but I'm, I'm learning as I go along since we started Big Fight Weekly. But you know, in, in watching MMA, is you know that you know if A beats B, then C's got the next title shot. Do you know what and I mean? All, and also, what they've done well, you know, the UFC they they monitor people in cage warriors on a UK basis, don't they? Well, not yeah, well, all over look, the shop. They're looking. I mean, yeah, in terms of UK though, cage warriors look at Paddy. Uh, you know, it's took a bit of time. He's there now, isn't he? Um, then you know, uh, well, I'm trying to think now. Bellator, more nine times out of ten, the people well, go yeah. into ba- go down to yeah. Bellator, don't they? Or he'll have a look and get some in. He's always looking. They're always looking outside their own. If they see a fighter's got potential, they'll do it. Uh, well, which is so, fantastic. Yeah, I, which is fantastic. But yeah, Saul Rogers fought on the weekend. Um, Phil Davis versus um, Yoel Romero. Yeah, um, you need to weekend. speak about that. You need to speak and, about that actually. Um, Yoel Romero was. Weirdly, not good enough. You know, from the guy I saw in the UFC, yes, okay, granted he's in his 40s, but your Romero in his 40s looks like an absolute action hero, doesn't he? Like a figure. Still looks absolutely fantastic, you know. Carved, looks... carved out of Onyx, Chris, I would say. Yes. There we go. But he's it's like granite. Away. He's like granite, isn't he? But Phil Davis, again, Phil Davis, who's been out the UFC, been in Bellator, been a champion, lost the title, you know, fought all mate Liam McGeary, broke his jaw. Um, but he still puts on a good show and he still is, you know, still very good. And your Romero is no joke, but Phil Davis made him look ordinary. I don't know what it was. It was because you couldn't say it was without know, coming back for a first time or like he just looked tired, your Romero. Just not the same. Not the same. The guy that, you know, was very unorthodox with his striking, 
didn't say any of that. Just Phil Davis was pressure, pressure, pressure. Saul, uh, Saul Rogers fought on the weekend with Martin Stapleton, who was there as his coach. Yeah, he got you know really tough fight. But he won the split. I think it was a split or a unanimous decision. If uh, if Rom's still in the comments, Rom will be able to back me up and say something. What the, the score was for that one, mm-hmm. but you know, in Bellator, you still got your venom pages. You still got which, your, which we've got on October the first, Chris from London, which has yes, been getting have. across the radio stations I listen to, Kerrang and all that. Uh, a lot of promotion. Gareth A. Davis doing the narration for the advert. So mm. yeah, we've got we've got him we've got him and Douglas Lima again. Well, uh, number two, yeah. isn't it? I forget number yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, man. So Bellator, Bellator are putting together some good cards as well, man. You know, to be fair to them, I know they looked at as the second place in town, like, but no. But you see, the thing is, is like you say second place. When you look at wrestling, you look at you know back in the day now, yeah, yeah, WWE, WCW. Everyone had some good fights on there. Not everyone has the best of the best. Bellator have some really good fighters. UFC have a lot of the good fighters. Do you know what I mean? It's just one of them. Um, here we go. It's a case of which Joel shows up. <laughs> but fair play to Phil Davis, you know. Yeah, but listen, Phil Davis is a staple. Phil Davis has fought the best of the best. Phil Davis is, you know, hasn't had that prolonged time off where Yo Romero has. You know, Yo Romero was um, who's to face Anthony uh, Johnson, wasn't he? Got injured and all that sort of mishap happened. He's been out for, what, six months? So, it's one of them. Um, but yeah, we have Bellas also got a good stuff on. We've got uh, Dimitri Johnson fighting uh, at 1FC. I want to say, I did say, it was, it's a clash of styles, isn't it? The way they're, they're coining that, that bout. Uh, five rounds. It's four rounds, and um, it's kickboxing, MMA, kickboxing, MMA, and you're facing one of the best kickboxers that Thailand off to offer. Rom, I know you in the comments. Throw a comment in because you know. But the thing is, Dimitri Johnson's put himself in that sort of situation where it's he's going to have to make these MMA rounds count. Otherwise, it's going to be a very, very long night for Demetrius Johnson at One FC. Hey, Again, more power, I... more power to him testing himself though as well. You know that that takes you know to get in. There you go. Agreed on, Chris. You all looked old that day. Yeah, I think it's time. You know, especially maybe at the top end level, he, he's. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll go back to his uh, wrestling. But listen, he's very good at wrestling, collegiate yeah, wrestling, can, one of the best still... in the world. He could still probably beat ninety nine percent of the people. Oh yeah, even yeah at his yeah. age, in his, yes. you know, was it Greco Roman? Yeah, was he Greco? Yeah, yeah, he was a standout, as you say. And even at his age, it'd be interesting to see, wouldn't it? Do you think going forward now, um, will this will be our last little bit here? Going forward, the fights that we have, you know, leading into this weekend, leading into October, November, are absolutely fantastic cards. You know, for boxing and MMA as a whole, there's so much excitement, you know, of the certain fights that we've got on offer for the next two months. And this is before UFC put out, you know, the card for Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira in December. But there's so many fights, you know, coming in, you know, coming forward now and it's thick and fast. It's excitable, Stuart. And I, I can't wait for us it's, in the next couple of months to sort of break down all these big fights that are coming. Absolutely. So, yeah, ahead of the weekend, we've got UFC 266. Sorry, Batsar and Mel. Yes, I can't see it like DJ versus Rod Tang as Van versus Crocop match. Only KOs or sub. When it's time. When it's time over, it, it could be a draw. It's a draw, is what you're saying, yeah. right. Okay. I, 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 
I commend yeah. the beach. You know, he's gone yeah. there. Yeah. Um, See, Rodang is one of the best in the world when it comes to kickboxing. If it's a kickboxing fight against someone like that, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for someone who's an MMA fighter if it's just plain and simple that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just the Tyron Woodley in boxing. When you simplify it for an MMA fighter, it might be simple for you, but for them, it's not. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, ahead of the weekend, as we say, huge two title fights at UFC 266, which is going to be amazing. Yeah, and also the boxing at the undercard for 266 as well, Chris. Yeah, really good. Blades and Rosenstrike. And then Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, two rolling back the years after their first fight 17 years ago. And also Usyk versus Joshua or the other way around for for all the marbles, bar the WBC title. That Fury has got. So yeah, they reckon the ring walks are about ten, but I'll uh, I think it'd be later than that. About eleven, you'd say, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say about half ten, eleven. Uh, but everyone, you know, make sure you're tuned in early. Get get sat down, have a few drinks, and uh, yeah, we look forward to it. It's what it's all about in combat sports this weekend. Mm-hmm. Fantastic showcase, and as Chris said, so much coming coming up in the next couple of months. It's uh, treasure trove for the fight fans, new and Exciting. old. Yeah, definitely. Else there? Got anything nope. else there, Chris? We we all good, mate. We, we that's it now, my friend. Where can the viewers find you, Chris? Before we they go, can, they can find me on Twitter at Van Hume. They can find me on Instagram at Van Hume eighty six. And before I uh, run away, they can find us on the bottom there of your screen. Go. Lovely, lovely. There you go in the graphic. There, that's where you can find us on the Facebook page as well. And yeah, I've been Stuart Palmer, and uh, yeah, Shoes has some podcasts on the back burner at the moment. Some stuff coming up. Uh, some. Possibly best of best of episodes coming up, leading up to the 100th episode. But yeah, just a bit of time off. I've been enjoying doing Big Fight Weekly solely with Chris. So yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you to Evade Escape for the intro and outro music, as always. Mm-hmm. Lot, of, lot, of, lot of good stuff to say about them. I know they're going to be touring soon and they've got some new music on the way. Thank you to John and Rich, the boss men of Powerful.tv for giving us the platform. As I say, John... It's with Jess this weekend. This weekend, today, with WWE doing the media for Sports Kida, a partnership with Sports Kida. So yeah, look forward to seeing all the uh, all the stuff, the videos from that. Speaking to the talent in WWE, but yeah, we have been powered for TV Big Fight Weekly episode thirty, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday for episode thirty-one, and hopefully we'll be in podcast form. So if you like, if you like to have it in audio form, we'll be on all the big podcast platforms hopefully by by next week i'm hoping chris good stuff i think that'll help us so thank you very much for all your comments as well me and chris appreciate everything and uh, we'll see you next tuesday for episode 31 bye-bye see you next tuesday sports social podcast network with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.